Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ here. Thanks for joining us on the How We Solve podcast. Today, I have with me Peter Misaretz, an experienced marketing consultant at SEOS.si, who also happens to run a podcast called Time for Marketing. Welcome, Peter. Happy to have you on the show. Hey there. I'm happy to be here. Just to give our listeners a better idea of what your background is, could you share with us what you do and what's your background? In general, I'm a marketing consultant. I always have and still have a strong background in SEO, but in general, I help companies with their internal teams to make better marketing, to make better business and to, you know, earn more at the end of the day. All right. Very cool. What made you decide to get into SEO? That's a story I usually tell at conferences. It was probably 15 or 20 years ago when my brother opened the shop that tried to sell ecological stuff here in Slovenia. And 20 years ago, even web shops weren't really something in Slovenia, uh, even less uh, buying each ecological products. And of course, when she opened the shop, he was like, nothing happened, right? As stuff, usually nothing happens when you open up an e-commerce shop, even though people think that there'll be uh, plenty of people to come and buy stuff from you. And our conversation was, he was like, dude, we need traffic. And I was like, sure, you have money. No, I don't. All right, find something without money. And SEO was the solution for me and for the for the company that brought people to the e-commerce store that we used to have. So with your extensive experience in marketing and SEO, can you share with listeners what is the problem that we're solving today? In SEO and in marketing, one of the biggest problems that I've seen is companies investing a lot of money uh, into redesigning and creating their new websites. And then when they get it, they're dissatisfied with the results. They don't have the tools that they need and they have to do it again with a lot of money. Mm, Yeah, I I can imagine that that must be quite frustrating for some of the clients you've worked with. Yeah, especially, you know, uh, in SEO, in uh, SEO, especially the technical stuff for the websites is extremely important. It's getting more and more important. But not only that, companies who would like to do email marketing forget to really think about how to have the email uh, lead generation forms up there. They forget of of how to create landing pages to have Facebook uh, advertising or other advertising doing at the end. And of course, on the other hand, we have web development companies that are not really doing everything that they were supposed to do, right? They're thinking about websites is very often we'll just, you know, put up a web shop and whatever goes from there will make it look very beautiful. Of course, this is what is always very important. But really thinking about is this product description that is shown here the most important product description for uh, this company or is, should it be somewhere else? This is what uh, the companies are lacking. And of course, clients are not educated enough and they shouldn't be educated enough to be able to you know, know everything what the web development company did wrong or could do better. If you could recall, like, what was the key point that made you realize that, hey, you know, this is a very big problem that I want to solve? 
I worked as the head of SEO in Red Orbit, a local or regional marketing agency. And we had a big client that was, you know, we worked with him on SEO and everyone was all, all excited waiting for the new website that is going to allow them to really start selling and stuff like that. And we weren't, as the SEO company, we weren't really involved in the redesigning of that web page. And when they came with the design, with the new web page out, their SEO position plummeted. That was, of course, years ago. And today people are better with that. But that was the moment when we decided at the time as the company that we have to start helping the clients to have someone as an extra partner to their web development company is going to help them to, at the end of the day, really get a good website. And from then on, from the, you know, it started with the technical SEO question, but then it slowly started to, all right, we have to look at the UX, we have to look at the marketing functionalities, we have to look at analytics, we have to do all, to look at all of the things that the client at the end of the day is going to be, all right, this is a much better version of the web page. And of course, it was worth that we gave thousands or hundreds of thousands of euros into that. With regards to solving this problem that you've mentioned, what are some of the tools or frameworks that you use or implement to get this resolved? So th there are two basic ideas. The one is for the whole process of thinking about the website, thinking about the client, thinking about the products and all of that. But the more important one, there is a KPIs for different parts of the website. KPIs that the client should know beforehand, before they go with the web development company into the creating on a new web page. And of course, those KPIs should then be tracked. And I feel that, of course, the idea of having KPIs for a website development is not new. A lot of companies will tell you, you know, we'll bring you better SEO results and we'll have a faster loading time. But I sort of feel that these are the wrong metrics or KPIs and that there should be others that will allow people to really know that their website is going to perform better at the time when they get the website launched. So you mentioned different KPIs, right? Maybe let's dive into that. What what are some of these specific KPIs for the different, you know, parts of the website that you would measure performance with? Generally, you know, there are a couple of groups of those metrics that we should be looking at. There is, there is the Google Analytics metrics, the SEO metrics, advertising metrics, product metrics, company metrics, and subjective metrics. These are sort of six different fields, six different groups of metrics that I bring into the whole idea. And of course, within every of those groups, I sort of feel that we have metrics that are used today, but shouldn't be used or are wrong, and metrics that, that should be used, but are generally not used. For example, at the Google Analytics group, right? Telling people will bring you, your new web page is going to bring you new visitors and new sales to your company as something that is not going to happen, right? A new web page by itself is not, there is literally no reason that a new web page, a better looking web page is, should bring you new, new visitors to the website. So time on site, bounce rate, all of those metrics are completely irrelevant when we talk about creating a new website, right? On the other hand, of course, when we want to bring stuff uh, from Google Analytics into the whole uh, thinking about is our website better or not, saying your bounce rate on a specific product from organic traffic is going to increase because the UX is going to be better, the functionalities are going to be better, the way how the product is shown is going to be better. See, this would be a usable metric that should be 
used as an important metric when we are tracking how our website changed our marketing, right? And the same goes for other, for other groups. People always talk about SEO metrics. You get better SEO positions. Probably not really true, right? You can get much worse SEO metrics, uh, SEO positions if you make a really bad job at creating a website, right? But in general, if your, your previous website wasn't really bad, your positions in Google or in Bing or in Yandex are not really going to change because there is no reason for them to change. But there are other metrics that we should be looking at. There should be, of course, page speed should be one of those metrics. The number of indexed pages should be one of these metrics. Or any other audit numbers from uh, SEO tools like uh, SEMrush or whatever SEO tool you would like to use. These are then the metrics that are the a good web page is going to perform better with compared to a bad web page. And let me just, you know, uh, one of those groups I call uh, subject, subjective metrics. And I like to say, that just, you know, listen to the person that is using the web page. How many curse words per day is he or she going to say? It really hurts me when I come to companies and when we go to start the process, I always ask them, what is the one thing that you're really proud on your website? What is the one thing that you, you know, if you go on a first date, on a very geeky first date, which part of the web page would you show to your date? And they all go, none. There is nothing that I'm really proud of on my, on my web page, right? And this, this is a subjective metrics where I see that someone has made a really, really bad job creating that, that web page. As mentioned, um, there are others, product metrics, company metrics, you know, number of clicks that I have to click to add a product to the website, number of clicks that I have to go through to create a landing page, number of clicks that I have to do, you know, to print an invoice. All of those things are metrics that are going to tell you I have a better website or I have a worse website. And I've seen cases, you know, where, uh, of course, your web page look, looks better. Your advertising works the same. But if now you have to open four tabs and go to four through four different tools just to create an invoice and ship out a package, meaning everything gets much more complicated. How does that help you as a company? It doesn't. It just, you know, it's just worse for you. That is very interesting. Yeah, I, I was actually about to ask more about the subjective metrics, but I think you've already covered that pretty well. Now, if you could, let's say, reset, yeah, we hit the reset, right? And now you could start again from the beginning. What are some of the key steps that a business could take from the beginning to ensure that their SEO game is on par and that if they're going to redesign their website, that they're not going to get hit by, you know, a decrease in their rankings or the keywords that they're already targeting for? One of the most often seen problems of companies that go through the website uh, redesign project is that they're skipping the steps that they should be doing, right? The steps are, of course, planning. Then we have so a good plan. Then we have wireframes. Then we have graphics. Then we have technical optimization. That's for SEO. Then we have on-site optimization with creating the best content on the website. And, you know, with every of those steps, we need to go back to the plan and see, are we still within the plan? If we have a good enough plan created at the beginning, then as we go through our wireframes, we always have to go for every page. All right, is this what we planned? No, we didn't, or we did. Let's change it, or let's keep it the same. And then we go to the uh, graphics, to the, and again, we go back and check, okay, have we uh, had this in wireframes? Have we had this in our project with it? That's okay, right? Technical website, 
We need to have a list of all of the things that the uh, website should be having, checking through that. So, you know, this is why I think that having an extra person within next to the client and the web development company allows you to do all of those checks, allows you to do through all of those tests. So we had wireframes, graphics, technical uh, optimization and content optimization. And then we have testing of the website before it gets released. And here in the testing, of course, we look through all of those KPIs and metrics that we spoke about and that we prepared in the planning. And then we have the release, right? And especially with website testing, this is something the companies very often forget about as website testing your website does not mean that three of the people that are part of your company click around on your website, right? That's looking at the website. Testing a website means that you have specific rules on what should be done, specific plans of how the tests should be done. You add something to the cart, you increase the number of products in the cart to five, then you remove that. You're trying to recreate weird stuff that your website visitors are going to do on your web page and then see if your web page works well. Because when people randomly click around the web page, they all do the same, right? They go to the home page, look at the product, add to cart, maybe do the conversion. But in general, we need to have a very specific plan on testing. And this is something that we see lacking for businesses very often. Because, of course, if nothing else, at the end of the day, uh, before we launch our website, we have a very stressful time where we are behind schedule, over budget, and, you know, we just want to push it out. So testing is usually a bit forgotten. That is very, very elaborate. I, I like the steps that you listed here because people may tend to forget, but like having just that framework or that plan in the beginning that gives a lot of direction for how the project can go. Now, if a person today wants to learn more about this, right? Like what, the, you know, I, I think you've listed actually a lot of great advice. What are some of the books or tools or, or resources you recommend people to check out if they want to go about maybe doing this themselves or even just so that business owners or other specialists or experts can understand what they're looking at when they work with an agency to, to you know, to do the revamp, to do the uh, redesign? That's sort of a, a bit of a complicated question because we bring a lot of different areas into this discussion, right? On the one hand, of course, technical website audits on, are on the, on the internet that you can get for free and look your, at your websites to see what are the important things that your website should be having. UX audits are some, something that you can also find on the internet. But of course, putting all of those things together is a bit of a, of a problem. This is why I'm not really sure of a one specific part of the internet that I should send people to. What, what would probably be interesting when we think about website designing, go and see a Baymart Institute. Baymart Institute is an institute that looks at UX practices at websites that are live right, right now. And are, they are doing an incredible amount of very specific testing on e-commerce web pages. And they come out with even, they have a lot of free stuff uh, on their website or, you know, the uh, subscription is not really expensive. If you want to think about what are the things that are going to make your website convert, they are probably a very good spot to go to. Thank you. That's, I think that's a very good resource for people to check out. So in, in your day-to-day -day work and, you know, for, with all the businesses that you're helping, is there a personal mission statement that you live by to, you know, make sure that your work's great, to make sure, you know, to kind of 
take you to the next level, to help people, and so on and so forth. You know, in general, I think that there is way too much of uh, muddy waters on, especially in SEO, but in general in uh, internet marketing. And, you know, just being sin sincere to your clients is the thing that allows me and I think should allow others to get there. I just had a call today where, you know, while everyone moves to the internet to work online, not everyone has already purchased subscription to Zoom or Skype or Google Hangouts or whatever, right? Uh, we had a meeting on a Zoom with a client today with a different agency and the call dropped after 40 minutes. And the answer was, you know, we don't know why that happened. Seriously, come on, you know, no one, no one is going to be mad at you if you say we haven't purchased Zoom yet. Just say that, and, you know, and if this is your start of working uh, with the client, you lying to them that you didn't put out the 15 euros to buy Zoom. I'm not sure that's going to be the best connection that you're going to have with that client. I think you're absolutely right when it comes to honesty and being sincere with what you're doing, because... There's so many people, uh, everyone's, you know, hustling hard, everyone's working hard. But I think the value that you bring to the table and as honest as you can be, I, I think that really makes the difference. And clients and people that you work with do feel that. I mean, especially in SEO, right? SEO is one of the hardest thing to sell, things to sell, I believe, right? Saying someone, we're not going to see any results in six months or in a year. And even then, we're not really sure what's going to happen. But you still need to fork over thousands of euros every month. It's, you know, not the easiest thing to do. And a lot of people have tried SEO. Of course, they've tried to get it cheaper and they were had problems with their deliveries. So, you know, at the end of the day, if we start here of on, on, on the honesty on, I'll tell you seriously, we'll have to wait, even if we'll have to work for two years to get to any results. If I tell you that at the beginning, you're going to work much better. With, we'll, we're going to work much better together. Yeah, I, I can I can only imagine how hard it must be sometimes yeah, when people don't see the immediate results. I, I get where you're coming from. So if people wanted to get more advice on SEO or they just want to pick your brains about digital or internet marketing, how can they reach you? Um, probably my website, seos.si is uh, the place to go. I'm also uh, very active on LinkedIn. I'm not really active on Twitter. So just find Peter Mesaretz. Uh, on LinkedIn or just find me on my website and go there. And of course, Time for Marketing podcast is right now on the pause. But generally, when it's not paused, when we don't have a quarantine and no one has marketing conferences, then it's an excellent podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, people can listen to the back. They can listen to what's already been published. So, so that's Time for Marketing. And if you're looking for Peter on LinkedIn, that's Peter, P-E-T-E-R, Mesaretz, M-E-S-A, REC, and you can find him on LinkedIn. If not, as Peter has said here, you can find him on SEOS.si. Well, thanks for your time, Peter. I think that that about wraps it up for our episode. It was a really, really great chat with you. And I think our listeners will benefit a lot from the SEO knowledge that you shared. It was very great to be here. I think, uh, yeah, thinking more about how to get a good working website at the end of the whole process will make a lot of people much happier than they are right now. <laughs> definitely. I definitely agree with that. Well, thank you for tuning in and subscribing to the How We Solve podcast. 
Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E dot com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.